Hi, this is Chris Claremont. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 25, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 169 and X-Men number 105 from March to the 25th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christados. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for this release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and to have some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Joining me for this episode are some friends of mine, believe it or not, for the last 24 episodes. Wow. Let's see who's all here. Oh, we got Jared, the yard sale artist. Bad. It's a prescription for danger. A.K.A. Death Probe. Ah, uh, yes. And guess what, Pat? I have the photographic evidence. It's in a manila envelope on my desk. You, Pistados, one in the same. You're pistachio smuggler. No heroin. And I've caught you. I got the photos. Uh, I got the photos. No, those are Photoshop. Mm, okay, you're right. <laughs> my bad. Come on. My bad, you're right. I don't know what you think you can do with those, but you ain't got to get me, Death Probe. You ain't going to get me. <laughs> Well, let's see what ups with Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Can you smell what the skull is cooking? <laughs> I don't think I want to. <laughs> Why would you even say that? Because <laughs> I wanted to. Okay. I do what I want. All right. Well, you go ahead and do what you want. Cook what you want. Smell how you want. What are you cooking, Jason? Yeah. Cooking up some love for Jonah and Dr. Madison in this issue. I'm here to tell you, dude, that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Never. I think you're <laughs> lying. I think you're a liar, sir. <gasps> <gasps> Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> oh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, speaking about odd noises, let's see what Delvin the Dark Web is up to. Delvin? Well, I have you guys know, as your leader, I am more than happy to send you to your deaths with no plan whatsoever. <laughs> Thanks, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'd like to get off the podcast now. <laughs> no, you haven't no. even gotten on yet. Uh, you're going right through that Stargate. Dang it, Stargate. <laughs> Trains left uh, the station. We are joined by Tim Price. Our special guest for this episode is Tim Price. And let me give you a little background on Tim Price. Tim Price is a comic book collector, a listener, like, share, and retweeter of many podcasts, including ours. But most of all, he's a good friend of the Longbox Crusade crew. We all had the honor of meeting him at HeroesCon last year, and Tim joined us for some dinner as well. Welcome, Tim. 17 Spider-Man Spider-Versing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we not doing that? No. Is, are we not, is, is Crusade Miss not a thing? Right? It is a little early. A little I, early. Yeah. 
just just a oh, bit. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's all right then. Oh, did you get mixed up on what we were going to cover? <laughs> well, let me see. Um, and something involves a fire staff in this one, and some guy was holding his fire staff. Did that happen in this, what we're covering today? Yep. I took the pills <laughs> for it, and I don't have a fire staff anymore. I took uh, <laughs> <laughs> some antibiotics I took. It's all good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We will be covering some of that. Some Spider-Man as well, too. So I love me some Spider-Man. Awesome. Yeah, me too. How much do you love him, Tim? Why don't we hear about a little bit of your comic crusade? Oh, sure, Pat. Um, when I was a wee lad, I definitely was raised watching those early 1960s Spider-Man cartoons before I could read. And I got comics here and there off and on for the years. But Spider-Man really took off for me. When I was in eighth grade, I was so nerdy. I was not just in the eighth grade band. I was in the eighth grade citywide band. And we had fundraisers, of course. And one of those was magazine subscriptions. And amazingly enough, they offered Marvel Comics subscriptions as an option for this fundraiser. Oh, that's baller. And I wish that. Oh, man. Man, if you come by my house, you would have made your money. <laughs> Somehow, my folks agreed to let us get two subscriptions. Oh, so, oh, wow. Yeah, so we got Avengers and Amazing Spider-Man, starting with issue number 215. I'd seen some previous issues from Treasury Editions and the odd issue here and there, but not a whole lot. But I got that issue right there for that subscription. And really, with very few exceptions, I've been buying Amazing Spider-Man ever since. Ooh. Ooh. Through to today. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah, I like Spider-Man. He's okay. I guess he's all right. You might have a rival, Delvin. More than a rival. Or at least beat me. I mean, I've been collecting well, Spidey since 340s. So, mm-hmm. Tim has collected far longer than I have. I've also, got... I have a question. What am I going to do with 40 subscriptions to Vibe? <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's very cool, Tim. Oh, thank you. Now, before we get started with this episode's issues, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Batman. Whenever I lose my memory, I head over to the BatmanUniverse.net and check out the podcast, Bat Books for Beginners. The Bat Books for Beginners podcast breaks down and analyzes all of my adventures so I can remember how to get to the Batcave, which Robin I'm working with, and where I parked the Batmobile. Chris and Jerry, the hosts of Bat Books for Beginners, are honest about how well I'm serving the citizens of Gotham. Sometimes too honest, I'll have to talk to them about that. If you wake up one morning and think you might be Batman and have just lost your memories, go over to thebatmanuniverse.net or iTunes and check out Bat Books for Beginners. Now, if I could just figure out who this old man cleaning the Batcave is, that would be great. I asked my friend Scott Snyder and he didn't know. Don't be a supervillain. Visit thebatmanuniverse.net and listen to Bat Books for Beginners, also on iTunes. You'll be glad you did. Bat Books for Beginners is part of the thebatmanuniverse.net Bat Family of Podcasts. Don't listen to Bat Books for Beginners when operating heavy machinery or juggling. If you listen to Bat Books for Beginners for more than four hours, call your doctor. Bat Books for Beginners is part of a balanced diet. 
Welcome back from the break. Now let's go ahead and get to the first featured comic of this episode. And that is Amazing Spider-Man number 169. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. And publisher is Marvel. Cover date of June 1977. But its on-sale date is March 8th, 1977. It's got a cover price of 30 cents. Editor is Len Wein. Writer is Len Wein. The one-two punch for Delvin. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Prinsler is Ross Andrew. Inker is everybody's favorite, Mike Letterer is Irving Watanabe. Can't remember if I'm saying that right or not. That actually sounds pretty good. I'm getting better at it. (laughs) Speaking about getting better, let's go ahead and get to the color me bad colorist is Glennis Ween. Got a side note here is some 35 cent variants of this issue exist. It's been reprinted in Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback from 2007. Uh, You can also read along with us on Marvel Unlimited. Let's go ahead and take a look at the cover credits. Penciler is John Romita. Inker is Frank Giacoa. Did I say that one right too? Yep. You're on a roll. Doing good. Woo. 25 episodes down. I'm doing all right. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and take a quick look at that cover. And that's going to be provided to us by Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner. Black letters on a red background. Corner box. Standing Spidey. Black background. Main title. Yellow letters with red highlights. Webs included. Main action. J. Jonah Jameson looks happier than a tornado in a trailer park as he reveals his photos to Peter. What do the photos reveal? Irrefutable proof that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Peter looks shocked and dismayed as Jonah says, Peter Parker, I know you're Spider-Man and I have the photos to prove it. A cover blurb on the bottom right proclaims, How do these pictures reveal Spidey's secret identity? You'll never know unless you read Confrontation. I wanted to add to that. (laughs) I like that enthusiasm. (laughs) Yes, it saves us some editing time there, Delvin. Thank you. Well, let's see what everybody's thoughts are on the cover. Let's start with Tim. It's not an action cover, but I found it really dramatic. It really jumps out at you. Jonah's grin is just overpowering. Peter's shocked look on his face. All the details in the background, you can see the details of even his apartment, getting a hint of that there. I just love this cover. Jason? I agree with a lot of what Tim said. I really like the the smug menace of J. Jonah Jameson. I like the tension that's there between Jameson and Peter. It shows Jonah finally playing that high trump card that we've been hinting at throughout the series. Like Tim said, no spidey action, but plenty of dramatic tension on this cover. I like it. Well, my thoughts on the cover is the art is very good. I enjoyed the colors, but I agree there's not a lot of action going on in this. So would this really grab me? Mm, Not so much. Jared, how about you? I think the cover is very intriguing. Like Tim said, there's not a lot of action, but there's a lot of suspense. I love the way they got that suspense moment where I'm like, oh man, I want to read this. I mean, Jonah's got him dead to rights. He's smiling like a pig in the poops. And with the big pictures he's holding up, they still manage to get some drawings of Spidey on the cover. I think it does a lot and I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of it, but I want to know what Delvin has to say. I had two minds about it. At first, I was looking and I'm thinking, yep, not much action and it was just kind of blah. But I kind of got a second thought about it because one of the things that you think about is, is the cover going to draw you into getting the book? And a lot of times we kind of joke that Spider-Man is like, oh, Spider-Man, he's going to 
die. <laughs> and of course, he's not going to die. But you look at this cover and it's not about he's going to die. But sure enough, there's a very real threat that his secret identity is going to be taken. So Peter Parker's life would absolutely be ruined. And J. Jonah Jameson, who's been a thorn in his side forever, would be victorious. So it presents a different kind of challenge that's very uniquely Spider-Man. So it does sell that. And it, it is something I would consider putting on my wall. It'd be one of those kind of kitsch things that a true fan would see and they'd be like, oh yeah, I see what's up. I see you got that post on your wall. I'm like, yeah, you're right, I do. Then I'd smack them. <laughs> oh, okay. That would, be, that would be violent. Come um, back to us, Kelvin. Come sorry, back to us. Sorry. <laughs> Went too far. Went too far. So yeah, it is in its own way a very, very good cover. All right. I see I'm probably off on my own little island here again, but let's go see you and see what the ratings tell us. With that, I'm just going to give a quick reminder for everybody out there who hasn't been listening for the last 24 episodes. We have a five review rating and it goes like this. Five, it tickled your tummy feathers. You loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, it fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Or it ruffled your tummy feathers. Let me know what you guys like out there. Do you like It Falcon Sucks or do you like Ruffled Your Tummy Feathers? Let's see which one you like. Anyway, let's see what Tim decided to choose for his cover rating. I did rate this one pretty highly. I really did enjoy it. Like you guys all said, there's so much tension there. And managing to squeeze in any shots of Spider-Man on this cover was a real challenge. So that's another high point for me on that. I gave it a four. Ooh, four. All right. Tim's on the four. So throwing it to you, Pat. You know, you guys make some good points there, and and which is nice. Some of the things I I didn't think about, but I'm going to stick with my three. I like it. Stick with your guns, Pat. I'm going to stick with my three. You can't sway me. You can't sway me. (laughs) Let's find out what Jared thought. Are you with me? I need to talk to Tim for a second. I need Tim to open the door, get on the floor, because everybody else is going to rate this a four. I'm going to kick this off and tell you it's a four. Delvin, crush Pat's dreams. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I'm giving it a four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't even care what Jason's got written down at this point. I'm on the floor walking a dinosaur with the four and passing it off to Jason. Stegron! (laughs) Yes. Well, Pat, I'm going to lend you a hand here. I'm going to reach down and then slap you upside the face because it's a four, fool. It's a four. (laughs) Toot, toot. Oh, yeah. We have four fantastic fours and poor Pat's all alone. Because I am the host of this show, I got a phone a friend. I'm pulling the phone a friend. I'm going to poll the audience. (laughs) Listeners, I need your help here, folks. (laughs) I'm looking you straight in the eye right now. Look at my deep blue eyes. Hey, baby. I see you over there with your earbuds in. No, I'm talking to you. Help me out here. Is it a three? You know, come over here. Sit down. It's a four, Pat. Uh, let me know, folks out there, if this is a three. If you're with me, give it to me. Give it. I say I'm with Pat. I got Pat's back. Hashtag got Pat's back. Or if you disagree, you, hashtag you? kick him when he's down. <laughs> All right. Well, I will give that to you guys this round, but we will see. Look, I mean, Pat, it's not a competition, man. Don't think of it that way. I mean, just because you lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because just we're right, you're wrong. I mean, that's not a competition. You know, It's just science sometimes, you know. Am I wrong? Yes. Yes. I, all right. <laughs> Well, speaking about being wrong, let's see what Delvin has to say about his synopsis. Absolutely. Let's do it. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker 
was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. title of this book was called Confrontation. Not much happened in this issue of Spidey, so it wasn't much for old Dark Web to riff on here. So I'm going to Matt Lib the summary. You remember Matt Libs, right? Words from a narrative are replaced with other words to make something mundane sound funny or weird or something. In the interest of time, I had the boys on the show supply me with words beforehand. Here's the result. Spidey starts off with a dull night. The most exciting thing that happened is he has a hole in his gravy. <laughs> that doesn't stop him from busting up the heist of a police car. The cops let Spidey duel, even though he's presently wanted by the law. Meanwhile, Jonah and Marla Madison convene after Jonah's failed knife to take down Spidey with the Spidey Slayer. Inspired by a new plan, Jonah takes off. Harry Osborn, he of the creamy hairdo, has a counseling session with creepy as heck Barton Hamilton. His doorknob, Liz Allen, stops by to join in on the fun. The main plot of the story is revealed when Jonah tries to chortle Peter with the bribery photos that Peter already knew about and slept the photos to make it seem like they were forgeries. Jonah almost had Pete caught in a falcon. Pete dodged a bullet there, but wonders who actually took the real photos. My guess? Sean Connery. Spidey takes a victory trash can and wanders onto some smooth dudes going into a building. Spidey pries into their business, dodges some pretty sugary bad guys. Lin Wee remembers that three regular dudes can't knock out Spidey, and the big silly head is set up in the end. It is not the kingpin, it is the drunken Dr. Faustus. Tremble. Back to you, Pat. Mm, very intriguing. I'm really intrigued about that story. <laughs> As depicted on the cover. Yes. If that was the story and that was the cover, I would have rated it a four. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I didn't. I rated it a three. So <laughs> I'm picturing Pat Island, just a bunch of strewn bottles of brandy everywhere. Empty. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into some of the bric-a-brac for this issue. And let's start with first read or reread. Jason? It's a first read for me. What about you, Delvin? It is a first read for me, Pat. It is a first read for me. Jared, how about you? Tim Price, don't f*** this up. This is a first read for me. <laughs> 
Well, I did allude to this earlier that it is indeed the first read for me. <laughs> it's a reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. That was the worst. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, they can't always be perfect. It's no four. I'd put that a three. Keep holding on. Ain't nothing gonna break in my stride. Ain't nothing gonna hold me down. Oh no. Keep oh, no. We gotta keep on moving. Speaking of keeping on moving, let's go to some highs and lows. Tim, give us a high or a low. From highs, I'd have to say that in the big confrontation scene between Jonah and Pete, I love the facial expressions between both Jonah and Pete. Jonah's just alternating between smug and indignant, and there's just lots going on there, which is just a delight. Pete's like putting on an act, trying to stay cool, but also like pretend to be confused, but when he's really knows what he's already got this whole plan set up and jonah trying to pull on pete's hair to unmask him that is just ludicrous and hilarious so that was definitely a big high for me i got the same mm-hmm. thing in my notes of him pulling on his hair how does he not sense that i'm sure he sensed it it's just not dangerous yeah i mean what's it gonna do you pulled out some of my hair ow yeah. he even Wouldn't told he, him if you were no over the hill I'd yeah halfway over the hill <laughs> which was a funny yeah. line <laughs> all right well maybe oh, yeah. I just thought that uh, Spider-Sense would have told him, hey, you got to move. Something's coming for you. This was part of his plan. I think even if his Spider-Sense would have warned him, he knew he had to let Jonah go through his motions to dispel the theory that Jonah had that there was really Spider-Man under a Peter Parker mask. That's the way I took it. That's why I took it as well, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. That's how ridiculous J. Jonah Jameson is about the whole spider thing that I guess he thinks Man, that- you see those Mission Impossible movies? Holy cow, they could create some <laughs> Mask. Right. Like, I mean, I guess Spider-Man <laughs> walks around all day in costume. <laughs> you know, goes out to eat in costume, like sits around the house, falls asleep in costume. That's what. Yeah, you, when you put it that way, it's pretty stupid. That's what Jameson least seems to think. And it wouldn't yeah. surprise me because, I mean, the dude has a psychopathic hatred towards Spider-Man. He, he just doesn't like him. I suppose he's blinded by what he wants to see. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to our previous episode where I made a comment about how I didn't like the fact that J. Jonah Jameson was going absolutely insane, creating robot spider killers to try to kill Spider-Man. And Delvin stood up and said, no, it makes sense. This is kind of the running theme between Spider-Man and Jameson. And when I read this issue, I saw what Delvin was getting at more because I was really confused about why J. Jonah Jameson harbored such hatred. But then I realized he thinks the Spider-Man killed Peter Parker and is taking his place. And I didn't get that in the previous issues. And when I looked at it through that lens, as ridiculous as that concept may be, if he believed it, the whole theme of him making a robot suit and going after Spider-Man makes a little bit more sense. So I like that. Let me add, Jonah was kind of a psycho about Spidey always. He created the Spider Slayers and got Spencer Smythe to help with that. And then 
then he created the scorpion as well to kill spider-man not like yeah you know bring him in you know let's turn him in it's like no kill him <laughs> and those were all done like in the first year of yeah. spider-man's comics yeah it is well established history that for a long time j jonah jameson just as soon as this guy burst onto the scene he was like who the heck does he think he is and it just got worse you also could argue that back then too there was partly jonah going oh if i bring in spider-man this will make lots of newspaper sales yeah so there's a lot of that going on then too that part makes sense mm-hmm. to me it's why you would go and invest all your time money and effort in creating these robots to kill spider-man that was like okay you must really hate this dude but i will give you props jason because i had not thought of the angle of jonah thinking spider-man's killed peter i need to go bring that murderer in i had not thought about that angle on it that almost puts jonah in a positive light for this whole thing mm-hmm. like he's almost trying to be a hero almost <laughs> get that mass web medicine off the streets yeah. yeah i like that twist on that if i'm not mistaken and i could be but somewhere in the back of my mind i want to say like way early in amazing spider-man maybe even in one j jonah jameson's son john jameson was an astronaut he was supposed to have this big day about going into space and all this and some catastrophe happened and spider-man saved the day and stole the limelight from john jameson and that's where the hatred of spidey from j jonah jameson began yes that is correct part of what spider-man's motivation for saving john jameson was to try to get in jonah's good graces and it backfired for that very reason that he was now stealing the limelight from his son the astronaut so oh he couldn't win no matter what he was going to try jonah was going to find a reason to hate him as a result so yes all the way back in number one. So is Jonah Peter's ultimate nemesis or Spidey's? What do you say, Tim? Oh, I say absolutely. He's really his number one antagonist, shall we say. He's not a supervillain, but he's definitely the number one person who is always out to get him. Yeah, it took Jonah a whole lot to rid himself of his hatred for Spider-Man. Tim, you presently read Spider-Man, right? Like now. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. So that table is turned. J. Jonah Jameson is now a Mm -hmm. Spider-Man supporter and he has very good reason of doing so but it took a long time for that to happen decades many decades I mean he blamed Spider-Man for anything under the sun and I'm not going to go any farther than that they have had a history and yeah I would definitely say that Jonah was one of Spidey's greatest antagonists absolutely Delvin do you got a high or low you know what I will forego mine because I've already done a decent amount of talking I'll pass it off to Jared and I will be concise with mine. I just like the reveal at the end. They actually tricked me. I was like, oh, snap, Kingpin's back. And then a little quick twist there. It was Dr. Faustus. I like that. I don't know who that is. I think he's a Cap villain. I've seen him in some Cap from like the Brubaker mm-hmm. era. I know that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's where I know him from. If I'm not mistaken, if, and, uh, if he's comparable to a G.I. Joe character, it'd be like Dr. Mindbender. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's what I was thinking. Well, then how come he doesn't have his shirt off? <laughs> I said comparable, not like heck. Just a comparison. Would you want to see Dr. Faustus with his shirt off? I wouldn't. I bet he's probably hairy chest. Don't tell me what I want and do not want to see. (laughs) You know what, Pat? That's why you're alone on Three Island. That's why you're alone. Speaking about doctors, what is with this other doctor? Dr. uh, Barton Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Good question. Is he around for a longer time? He just kind of creeps me out. He's going to be coming up in a storyline. Memory's hazy. Maybe Faustus got 
not, Tommy. <laughs> Just to support my boy Pat, I also wrote in my notes, what is the deal with Dr. Hamilton? I don't trust him. Yeah. I mean, you got to think something's up with him because this is what, at least the second book that Lens put him in mm-hmm. and, and made he- sure that you know that Harry's doctor's name is Barton Hamilton. They have stressed that name a couple of times. I've learned as we've been reading through these, when Len puts something down like that, the teasers, there's always going to be something. It's just waiting for that payoff. That's yeah. what's got me intrigued. Yeah. They spend a whole page with him. It's not interesting for Harry and Liz. It's all there to cement Hamilton's presence. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'll also note that's interesting is in the very first panel in there is he has masks on the wall of his office. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. I saw that too. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know if it really tells us anything, but it's interesting. So okay. Sometimes it's like I'm more interested in seeing where that stuff goes than what the story is going on. So go ahead, Tim, if you got one more high or a quick low. On page 10, I just got to ask if anybody else thinks this. Is that Stan Lee on the bottom of page 10 when Spidey is swinging by and everybody says? I think so. <laughs> That's just a riot. I don't know if anybody else on that page is supposed to be somebody. Yeah, I was wondering too, but I'm pretty sure that's Stan Lee. It's an odd placement to have that in there. What may happen in X-Men? Jason, you got a high or quick low? Quick high. I really enjoyed the fun opening scene with Spider-Man rescuing the cops and beating up the bad guys. The use of the street light to take out the vehicle. I thought that was pretty interesting, fun, good layouts, good artwork. It was a good hook getting me into the book. And I'll tell you what I thought it was lame. <laughs> Delvin, <laughs> any high or low? I'm actually good. I am all out of comments. Jared. I will, for the third episode in the row, give an award for apartment continuity. They keep. I the got art. that in my notes, too. And the apartment continuity nice. Peter Parker's apartment is spot on. Totally respect that. But that is it. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into our silly Spidey moments? Let's go ahead and see what is your silly Spidey moment this time, Tim. I think, hands down, it has to go to Jonah trying to unmask Peter because that scene is just hilarious. It's all the kind of comic book logic being applied for how Jonah's trying to figure out how these pictures mean that this is Peter as a disguise for Spidey. It's like, ugh, it's completely backwards also. Of Jonah trying to unmask Peter as opposed to trying to unmask Spider-Man. Oh, That's awesome. That whole scene is just ridiculous from beginning to end, but I loved it. Jared, how about you? I like it the beginning, the very beginning with the cops when they get their fan jacked and the one cop yells, hey, come back with our wagon. And Spidey says, That's right, Ace, yell at them. That should embarrass them into bringing your buggy back. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> well, Jared, I'm glad you asked me what mine is. I don't care because you gave it a three. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> you gave the cover a three. I'll keep holding <laughs> I liked when Peter tells Jonah that it's completely flipped your flat top. That part was funny for me. (laughs) Classic Spidey put down. Yes. You know, there's some chuckles in here, but, you know, I've seen that before. Give me something new. And I thought the flat top made me laugh. Jason, your silly Spidey moment. Well, I originally had the same one as Tim, but I can pull an audible and kind of bookend Jared's with the cops in the van buggy chase. I liked at the end when he threw the guns back to the police officers and the one police officers officer's like, hey, Spidey's getting away. He's wanted. We should try to stop him. And his supervisor's like, how? You know, the 
hands are completely <laughs> webbed up. I thought that was pretty funny and pretty clever. Delvin? Oh, I could take yeah. one from either that first action scene of him telling the cops, you know, that they're sprawled on their broadening butts, which is kind of funny. And Jason mentioned earlier, it was also funny when Jonah was pulling at Peter and Peter was saying, you know, if you were if you weren't already over the hill, like he, like he was going to bop him one, which was funny as well. Let's see, he, he said, uh, he said, if you weren't halfway over the hill, which... <laughs> Yep, Flash Gordon on him. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> what? You talk about me? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, why don't we go ahead and see what the rating is everybody thought of the story? Just another reminder of the quick rating system here. It's a one through five. Five meaning it tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, it falcon sucked. Let's find out what Tim thought of the story. Not a slam dunk four for me. Waffling between a three and a four because it is a little light on what I like the best of Spider-Man is the Spider-Man action. I mean, that's what I come to the story for. I enjoy the drama, but I'm here for the action and it's like in the middle of a story. It doesn't actually resolve much because we still don't know who took those photos. It just, I'm going between it, but there's so many funny moments, I'm going to pop it to a four. Delvin, how about you? I was not torn. It's a three. I wouldn't say it was a filler issue. It was a transitioning issue. I'll give Lynn a good deal of credit here. He did a half reveal, having Peter die dodged a bullet of J. Jonah Jameson having some very incriminating photos of him. But then he twisted it and said, so who took the pictures? That's a bigger mystery. That's going to be a mystery that Spider-Man has to solve. So that's very good writing. I give Lynn a ton of credit for that. Sometimes you have to have that setup issue to get to those bigger issues, which I'm sure is going to come down the line. So this gets a three from me, but it looks like Spidey's on the right track, and I'm really encouraged by that. What do you think, Pat? Would you say this gets you the filler? Sometimes you got to eat the filler in this one? Sometimes you got to eat the filler, dude. That's right. You know, this is filler, but it, it was tasty. It had a good flavor to it. Well, move on over, Delvin, and save me some room because it's time for Three's Company. <laughs> We'll be waiting for you. We'll be waiting for you. That's right. I'm giving it a three. Jason, what'd you give it? The heart of the story was the showdown between Peter and Jameson. I thought that was really well done. It was bookended by two pretty decent action scenes, which were entertaining. Everything was cleanly drawn again. I'm going to go with Tim and give it a four. Jared? I'm going to echo that four. Uh, I, re- I realize it was filler, but it was particularly delicious filler with fun intrigue payoff with the build of more intrigue, which we've already said. So I really liked it. I'm giving it a four because the actual definition of four is really liked it. With that, I think that's going to bring this to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? You want to give us your rating as well? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter or Facebook page. We will be right back. Our- What's that stand for? Robin. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Myers, and I'd like to invite you to check out my podcast called Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. Rob, are you going to take out the trash? Uh, I'm right in the middle of uh, recording an ad for my my podcast. I'll, I'll do it in just a little bit, okay? Sorry to interrupt. Boy Wonder time. Boy Wonder? I'm all man, lady. Uh, Rob? Uh, okay, where was I? That's right. My podcast, Robin, Everyone Loves a Drake. It'll be hosted over at thebatmanuniverse.net. 
I'll be covering Tim Drake's origin story from the very beginning, starting with Tim's first appearance in Batman 436, also known as Batman Year 3, and hopefully going all the way through the Robin ongoing series, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 183. 183 issues? Wow. Well, it's a good thing, because everyone loves the Drake. You don't like the Drake? I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, X-Men number 105. The credits for this issue is, again, provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher is Marvel. Got a cover date of June 1977 with an on-sale date of March 15, 1977. Cover price is 30 cents. Editor is Archie Goodwin. Writer is Chris S. Clamrat. Penciler is Dave Cockrum. Inker is Bob Layton. Is this Bob's first time? I think so. On X-Men, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if he was a inker on the last one. Because they're two months apart, it's hard to tell. Keep It's usually Dave inks his own, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Letterer is Tom Orzikowski. Nice. I'm getting good. See, I'm getting good at this. Wow. getting good. I'm starting to feel good about myself. Maybe I shouldn't have write that Spider-Man cover a three. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. I keep holding (laughs) We got a extreme colorist of Andy Yankus. Is that right? I guess he doesn't even know us. <laughs> That's not funny. What about I used that same joke on the last episode. I didn't get yeah, that laugh out of Delvin. This is bullcrap. All the delivery, Jared. All the delivery. You're right. You're right. I'm not arguing that. Oh, speaking about delivery, there is a 35 cent variant out there. What? <laughs> if you're interested in back. getting that delivered to <laughs> you. Bad, bad, bad segues are back. Bad segues are back. Uh, speaking about bad segues, you can find this reprinted in Classic X-Men number 13 from 1987. The Marvel Masterworks Volume 12 of Uncanny X-Men Volume 2 hardcover from 1990. Otherwise, the Essential X-Men number 1 trade paperback 1996. Uncanny X-Men Omnibus 1 from 2006. Or you can just read along with us on Marvel Unlimited. And we hope you do. You can join in on the fun. Cover credits go to artist Dave Cockrum. Speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and see what Jared has to tell us about it. Marvel Comics Group banner, black letters on a green background. Corner box, floating heads of Banshee, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler, light blue background. Main title, yellow letters, red highlights. All new and all different is included. It was missing on the last issue, I do believe. Main action, Jean Grey as the newly minted Phoenix stands defiant in the face of the oncoming Fire Lord. Her teammates lay sprawled and defeated around her. Colossus in the foreground, Nightcrawler has flopped over some debris, and Storm, her head tossed back with one leg sprawled out to the side. Jared. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a two uh, two cover blurbs. One on the left side, it says, A phoenix alone against the most fearsome foe of all. And on the bottom right, the flame, the frenzy, and the fire lord. <laughs> fire lord. There's that production value from Delvany. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs really good production value when we have this awesome sound machine of Delvin? That's right. Like the I'll guy from it. Police Academy. Yeah, Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name in Police Academy? Winslow? Winslow. Nice. I thought he had a, like a oh, code man. name for him. Like Jaws or Jones or Jones. something like His Jones. real name is Winslow, Winslow. I think. And his, Michael his, Winslow. Yeah, and his yeah. name in the show was Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Jonesy. 
Let's go ahead and get some quick thoughts on the cover, Tim. This is a pretty good cover. It's got some great action on it between the Flying Fire Lord and Gene being all ready to throw down. But it's just kind of weird in that the focus and the perspective just seems odd to me. That we have our unconscious X-Men taking up most of the front of the cover and the action's all happening in the back. And there we have like, so Fire Lord looks smaller by being in the back. It just seems a weird perspective to choose for the position of this cover. However, I will have to say that Storm's depiction on the cover alone that gets a point already you know so there you go <laughs> what trying to is use it with you got uh never mind i don't even want to know <laughs> jared what do you think i like the cover as well i think you make some good points about composition although i like the strewn unconscious x-men it gives it a real sense of desperation for the phoenix mm. so i like that if i was to change any one thing about the cover i would have not done the logo in yellow and red because i feel like uh, it takes away from fire mm. lord i might have muted that a little bit so that your bright colors of phoenix and fire lord in the middle pop out a little more but i mean cockrum did another really great job we've picked on him recently for wonky backgrounds or lack of backgrounds and i think he really did a nice one here so i want to give him his props for that before i pass it to jason i agree with what both of you said i thought it was a good cover i like the layout gene looked a little disproportionate to me and i agree with what tim said as well it kind of reduces the menace of fire lord by keeping him so far in the background what do you think pat well i thought it was a good action cover as well great art just the drawing by Cockrum is really nicely drawn and I love the way the colors pop out. But Jared, I think you're right. The yellow on red and then Fire Lord yellow and red, that does kind of not make him pop as well. But the forefront colors, you know, Colossus, mm-hmm. you know, Phoenix in that mm-hmm. green really stands out there. And, you know, Storm's there too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth when you're and, talking to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Phoenix. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got a little wild side now. <laughs> Easy, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> she might, you know. You know As you pass it to Del. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Del. Go ahead. Here we go. Let's do that. I like the cover, and I particularly like the colors on the cover. It pops. It stands out. It's a pretty cool action scene to me, and definitely shows desperation where Phoenix is having to save her friends from pretty dangerous foe and Fire Lord. The only thing that it's missing is is a ring for no reason. <laughs> Maybe next time they'll get a ring. Maybe I'm not time. going to let you goad me into this discussion, Devin. <laughs> no? I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. I mean, it was a piece of cheese, and it had a tag on it that said, bait for Jason. <laughs> Wait for Do not eat bait. Jason. No, nope, not I'm not touching that bait. <laughs> Fine. I'll take my bait and go home then. <laughs> Uh, Speaking about taking your bait and going home, let's go ahead and see what everybody's cover rating is for this cover. One through five rating, five, it gave you a ring to swing from. You loved it. (laughs) Good one, Jerry. I I wrote that and still made me laugh when he read it out loud. (laughs) Oh, four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. Or one, it turned you into a baby. You hated it. You give me the baby. (laughs) Right. Tim, what's it going to be? This is only the second issue we've really seen Phoenix's costume. You know, it's beautiful. But just overall on the cover, I give it a solid three. I liked it. What? A I'm three? Not, not going for four. I'm just going for three. I just feel like solid three. Okay. Go All grab right. yourself your own little island now, Tim. <laughs> I think I'll hand it over to Jason and see if he wants to be on three island or not. 
Well, Tim, to be honest, I rated this a three as well. I also like the cover. I thought the focus should have been more on Gene and Fire Lord than the big unconscious Colossus in the front. Still solid cover. I like it, but not higher than a three for me. Jason with a three on an X-Men cover. What's going on? He had, sir. He yeah. I think it deserves a three. I'm sorry. Jared, what do you think? Don't take my bait. Given threes? What is going on here? Jared Albrecht, come on down. You're the next contestant on Tim Price is right. Because I can three <laughs> as well. It's a three cover. It's a strong three. But it's <laughs> You guys are pandering. That's all. You're pandering to Tim. Pat? Well, you know what? You guys are on that island alone because I'm on giving this baby a four. I really like that. I thought just the coloring and, you know, Gene. <laughs> he got me convinced. <laughs> well, yeah. He turned me around, Pat. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, the coloring. Oh, the colors. Yeah, exactly. I had noticed it before. Oh, it is colored. Look at that. Yeah, you guys should know. open your eyes up a little bit more. <laughs> I really like this cover. Out of humor, I want to give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> This will leave Pat alone again, but I'm giving it a four. All right, Delvin, thank you. We could be Team Money Python. Always look on the bright side of life. I mean, I like the colors and and all that. So, yeah, four. All right. I'm glad somebody is with me. It's the opposite of the first issue. So, very cool. But you let that go, right, Pat? Mm -hmm. I did now. Yeah, because I know I'm right. We got a four. Let's go ahead and see what Jason has to tell us about the synopsis. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants. Feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect. These are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents the Uncanny X-Men.
when we last left the X-Men, they were racing back from Moira McTaggart's island after narrowly escaping the clutches of Magneto. Cyclops and his team arrived back at the X-Mansion just in time to put the kibosh on Eric the Red's ambush of Xavier, Jean, Jean's parents, and Misty Knight. Figured out who that person was now, Jared. Mm-hmm, yes, I have things to say about that. No, okay. no you don't. You're good. <laughs> the team unleashes a brutal attack and seems on the verge of victory until the sudden appearance of Fire Lord turns the tables. It turns out that Eric the Red has managed to convince the former Herald of Galactus that the X-Men are villains and they must be destroyed. Fire Lord dispatches the mutants with minimal effort and he and Eric take off in search of Xavier. Meanwhile, the mysterious figure from space has entered Earth's orbit, pursued by a mighty armada. Teleporting to the planet just before a craft is destroyed, she appears before Charles, Jean and her parents, and Misty inside Misty and Jean's new shared apartment. Charles handles the revelation with grace, dignity, and leadership. I'm kidding. He freaks the F out. Not a moment later, Eric the Red and Fire Lord attack, and we learn that Eric is a spy from another intergalactic civilization tasked with bringing the mysterious alien back to her world. Jean has other ideas, however, and for the first time, we get to see a glimpse of the true powers of the Phoenix as she gives Fire Lord all he can handle. As the battle between Fire Lord and Jean Grey rages overhead, Eric the Red absconds with the alien visitor to the roof of the apartment building, only to be confronted again by the X-Team, who come flying onto the scene in a hover car. A couple of energy bolts from Eric the Red destroy the car and send the X-Men once again crashing back down to Earth. While Cyclops and his troops are preoccupied with saving their skins, Eric assembles, activates, and escapes through a mysterious space portal. All seems lost until Jean is able to use her newfound powers to reactivate the device, and the X-Men leap into the unknown to rescue the mysterious stranger. Charles and Misty are left behind to face an enraged Fire Lord. What dangers will our mutant heroes face? How will Professor X and Misty survive Fire Lord? What secrets are to be revealed by the alien stranger? And what chance do Gene and Misty have of getting their security deposit back? Stay tuned. <laughs> well, thank you, Jason, for that very thorough. <laughs> it was two minutes. I timed it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> thank you. Actually, guys, I did not read this one. Ooh, I like but it. now I have. <laughs> I kid, Jason. I kid. I'll, I'll I tied synops- it. I'm giving your synopsis a four. <laughs> That's how much I'd like it. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to some brick or brack on this one. Is it a first read or reread? It's a first read for me, Delvin. It is a first read for me. Go ahead and ruin it, Jason. Thunderclouds in the sky. <laughs> I've read it. How about you, Jared? It was a first read, but after that synopsis, I feel like it's a reread. <laughs> Oh, come on. It was two minutes. You don't have to make it to two minutes. (laughs) Well, I tried to lay out. A lot of stuff happened. I'm trying to lay it out. I will agree with him wholeheartedly. We'll talk about that. No, I've never read it. It's a first read, but he's not wrong about that. Go ahead, Tim. Take us home. If I've read it before, but I don't remember having read it before, is that still a first read? That's a medical condition. Yeah, I I, I don't know. It sounds like you got some issues. Anyway, this is a reread for me, but I read it in that classic X-Men reprint, if you remember that mm-hmm. one. From, from the classic series. Yes. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that series. Classic X-Men number 13 that Pat mentioned earlier. Oh, did Pat mention that earlier? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Pat, it's like I think you're reading to yourself at certain points in the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I do think I am. <laughs> 
Oh, story of my life. Well, speaking of the story of my life, let's get some highs and lows from everybody on this. So let's go ahead and give some quick highs, quick lows, and we'll start with Tim. That first fight scene with Fire Lord, we have like a whole page of Nightcrawler doing his acrobatics to get out of the way and counterattack. That was really good stuff. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. And seeing Phoenix jump into action for the first time, it was surprisingly underwhelming when I was reviewing it for this recording because she doesn't get to do as much as the cover almost implies. We get a couple of pages of it, but not as much as I thought we'd get. So it was good, but it, yeah, I would have liked a little bit more. That's all I'll say on that. I tap it out to Jared. Jared, okay. you take it. Hey, I do this in almost every single X-Men, but first, hats off to the art. Cochran can draw anything, and I gotta tell you, you get his beautiful Storm and Misty Knight. I mean, I had a rock-hard appreciation through the whole book. <laughs> He's been waiting all night. I cooked that rock-hard joke up on Monday, just so you guys know. And now that I got that out of my system, I just want to say, I don't know if this is a higher low, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I've never thought I'd say to myself, Chris Claremont is pacing this book way too fast, but here we are. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's that, not that's famous. Scary. For, he's not famous for that. But man, it's like a train ride. Anyway, you saying this particular issue since last issue, it's been going too okay. fast. I think packing in too much. Just do, do you think it's hard to get onto the so they can get to where they are at the end of this? I guess. But why? I, I don't know. That's hurry? that's sort of the only thing I could think is if they were trying to sync this up with some other event that's going to happen, or maybe in some other book. But I don't know of that. So I just think he's mm-hmm. hit the gas pedal way too hard, which is something I never thought I'd say about Chris Claremont. He's sort of famous for the slow bait. So consider this. I put a little bit of thought behind it. We know that the book is bi-monthly, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's why he's hitting fast forward on the story because man, I agree with you. Between last issue and this issue, I'm catching my breath like, wait, huh? What? What Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is that? What? Yeah, there's a ton going on. And I'll just uh, add on to that because I wrote it in my notes as well. I said it's great opening action, but the sequence is feeling rushed. Yeah, I think they really rushed over that whole Eric the Red and how he got with Fire Lord or whatever. Like, <laughs> when did this happen? I'm an alien. What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go. Come on, buddy. You, me. That is one of the things that just made the least sense and was truly like a Deus Ex Galactus going on here is that out of nowhere, <laughs> Fire Lord is just here <laughs> to right. fight the X-Men. It's like, and Eric yeah. the Red's doing it. Like, what? I don't know. Is Fire and, Lord it, the guy you call when you need to prove how powerful a hero is? Because the last time I remember seeing him, well, the next time I remember seeing him is an amazing Spider-Man, where Spider-Man gets to beat him up. Uh, like, yeah. He's the go-to guy you call when you prove how tough somebody is. I'm going to give a high to the second and third page. I love that double-page layout. Very cool action going on there. I really like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The art in this is just amazing. Jason? I think for a high, there are two pretty significant events that occur in this book. One is when Charles and Lalandra finally meet, so that was pretty cool to see that. And then also to see Phoenix in her first display of her powers. Even though we don't get to see a lot of it, I thought it was cool to have two pretty momentous events yeah. occur inside this book. Delvin? So I'll talk about Phoenix a bit. This could count as a low, I guess. This is where the book could have benefited from being once a month at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because let's say this storyline is playing out now. You would have Phoenix being resurrected after doing that amazingly heroic thing she did, guiding that spacecraft using just her own power and will back to planet 
at her safely and soundly. There would have been a little bit of a recovery period. She would have maybe saw her out a little weak. She would have learned that she started having way more power than she had. And so by the time it would have gotten to this point where she is fighting a herald of Galactus, you're like, dang, yeah, she's ready for this. Instead, what we got is, you know, hey, we got this herald Galactus. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm Phoenix. Get out of my apartment. What? You just got me rent uh, money. Uh, like, yeah, me. like, what? Like, yep. how did she know she was that ridiculously powerful? And I don't want to critique this so much, but it just seems like everything happened so dang fast. We didn't really get to see her develop this. It's just all of a sudden, it was just one minute she's Jean Grey, who, by the way, was incredibly powerful enough that she guided a freaking spacecraft through the atmosphere into orbit. That's pretty powerful. So yeah, now yeah. she's able to do all this even more powerful stuff, but they never really explained it. And so, you know, bit pitchy, dog, bit pitchy. <laughs> 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 well, speaking about being pitchy, let's go ahead and get one more round in here, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit more. Mm. It's going to be give me a high or give me a low or give me a what the. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back to Tim. High, low, or what the? What the? Okay. okay. This just makes me laugh. At the very end, when Nightcrawler is chasing after Eric the Red and Lalandra going through the Stargate, and he misses them, yeah. and he falls and thuds on his head. The sound effect that we see above him is FAMAB, which is BAMF backwards. <laughs> That's what I got in my notes. <laughs> and that just cracked me up. <laughs> you just said my notes. I said FAMAB <laughs> is BAMF spelled backwards. <laughs> That just cracks me up. Jared, high, low, or what the? I'm going to give a combination of low and what the personal bugaboo of mine. I do not like it when writers insert themselves into stories. find it distracting. It's a bugaboo, and I don't like it. They did it here. They did it in that also famous run on Animal Man that didn't do it for me. So, yeah, grumpy old Jared doesn't like it when creators put themselves into the story. I said good day, sir. I, I said good day. I said good day. <laughs> and uh, just so you guys know, on content page 11, when they crash into the car, the sound effect is foom. Backwards, that is moof. <laughs> As in moof, get out the way. Get out the way. <laughs> that is all. Hey. Well, I think I'm going to give a what the to the nice Star Trek panel sequence that we mm. see. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what Very I had in my Star notes Trek, as well. Yeah. I had to double take a look at that for the first time. Like, is that what I'm thinking they're doing? Is, oh, yes. And they, are they going to get sued? <laughs> yeah. The words that are written down, too, are all kind of the same thing going on. I'm like, wow. Let's see. Who's next? Jason? High, low, or what the? I got to get a low to the absolute lack of professionalism, calm, and leadership to supply played by Professor X during Isn't the Isn't he the worst? He was absolutely <laughs> terrible. My favorite moment is when Gene's parents, who are out of their freaking mind by this point, goes, what happened? And his response is, I sent her to her death. <laughs> <laughs> But like, the, way to show some leadership, man. Calm down, dude. You're supposed to be in charge. But his eyebrow game is still on point, so. It was. That <laughs> eyebrow game is on point. <laughs> anyway. You're a Professor X hater, aren't you? No, I, I like Professor X, but this iteration like of it. him was just ridiculous. 
Donkulous. He, he's not having some fine moments. He snapped at Gene during this book, and he mm-hmm. basically sent his students, who he trained for years, like, go after this alien woman that I only know from my dreams. What? Well, and I almost <laughs> forgave him for that, because I think, obviously, in that telepathic communication, he knows something that we don't, and they don't, and they didn't have time to sort it out. They just had to kind of go, 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 and get after. But the complete melt down he had afterwards in front of her parents. That's just inexcusable as a leader. She's going to die. And by the way, your payment on your daughter's schooling is late. <laughs> That's right. You want her back? Yeah. Make that payment. Yeah, you missed tuition. She going to <laughs> Shear. <laughs> Delvin, uh, you, got, you got a high, low, or what the? I'll give a what the. I'm intrigued by that. The X-Men got laid out in under a minute by a pretty much uh, almost moored, you know, like Fire Lord just came and just whipped their behinds and then for good measure, apparently killed Polaris and Havoc. Mm-hmm. Like, dang. I mean, OK. <laughs> I almost forgot that because it's one of yeah. 162 things that happened in this. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't prevent Wolverine from talking crap to yes. Cyclops again. Yes. Uh, A little more yeah. you can handle. <laughs> yes. He's like trying to fly this crashing ship and he's just like Man, you suck. Yeah, yeah. Sucks, Donnie. Well, you mentioned it a few Crusader Chronicles back, Jason, that eventually Wolverine becomes likable, but he is not likable right now at all. Not yet. No, he is not. All he does is snipe at Cyclops and is like, dude, you couldn't do better. We're both falling out of this car, so (laughs) you have any ideas, sound off now. Well, let's go ahead and see what the extra mile is for everybody. Who went the extra mile in this issue? Tim? I think I'm going to give it to Nightcrawler almost just to be more controversial because he managed to tag Fire Lord at the beginning by himself until he got zapped. He saved himself from the wrecked hover jet while the rest of the team all had to be grabbed and flown down. And he almost caught Eric at the end with his acrobatics all by himself. He didn't teleport to catch him. He almost caught him on his own. Nightcrawler was really doing a good job in this one. Jason? I'm going to have to give it to Jean Jean, the Harold Bustin machine. She uh, was by herself taking on Harold of Galactus. Not only did she do that, but she was also able to restart the Stargate to allow our heroes to pursue Eric the Red and live to fight another day. So I'm going with Gene. I agree with you, Jason. I'm going to go with Gene slash Phoenix because it's clear that Claremont wanted you to know that this is a powerhouse that we have on our hands. And he definitely did a good job in demonstrating that. Again, Fire Lord laid out the X-Men in under a minute. He apparently killed Polaris and Havoc in a very quick amount of time. Couldn't do that with Phoenix. Phoenix not only held her own, but she knocked him like 12 miles away into the river and powered up a Stargate. Just, yeah, you know, I have enough power to do that. Boop, Stargate. Oh, (laughs) really? Word? (laughs) <laughs> Just like that, huh, Gene? So, yeah, she's the star for me. What do you think, Jared? I think the extra mile goes to Eric the Red. Yes, that's mine, too. Herald of Galactus on his side by essentially playing the, hey, look over there, they're talking about your <laughs> trick. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> when you can get a guy of that power level to fall for that crap, 
You get my extra mile. I agree with you also, Jared. Eric the Red is my extra mile as well, too. Just like you said, he gets Fire Lord to be on his side, go take out people that he needs taken out. And then he plays another game of saying, well, I'm, I'm Eric, not really Eric the Red, or I am, but I'm not from this planet. I'm from a different planet. Suckers, all my mission is is to get this girl or Shiara or whatever her name is back to home world now. So I think he played everybody. Mm-hmm. Smooth operator. Hey, Jason, you say you know who Eric the Red is this time around? I think I... I do. I think I, I remember who he's associated with. Yes. <clears throat> okay. All right. I don't. So um, I'll be interested to see. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm interested in a little bit more about him. This guy's kind of interesting now. No, he's no, definitely a player. You're not interested. Look over there. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are talking about you over Those there. Those guys are talking about you. <laughs> Famab. <laughs> Well, speaking about talking about me, let's go ahead and get some ratings. Let's see what everybody thought of the story with a one through five. Five meaning it gave you a ring to swing on. You loved it. Four, you really liked it. Still funny? Yeah. I wrote it. It's still funny. <laughs> Three, you it's liked not it. funny. <laughs> Two, you didn't like it. And one, it turned you into a baby. You hated it. Tim, what's it going to be? I hate to sound like a broken record, but again, I'm just waffling between a three and a four, and I'm not going to do 3.5. That's lame. Uh, yeah, it is. We don't allow that. Lame. I don't, I don't do, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I just got to figure it out for a second because there's problems I have with the issue, and it's like, yeah, like you guys said, it's rushed. I'm going for four. <laughs> I am going to give this a four. I really like this issue. Delvin? I'm going to give it a three. I'm still kind of in Claremont X-Men fast-forward vertigo going on here. I need some time to catch up and process the action is already picked up and it's going to stay this pace but maybe i'll catch my breath by the time next issue comes around jared you guys remember that time that we did the spidey story of hammerhead and it slowly chipped away at delvin until he crashed and crumbled down to a one this one is slowly chipping away at jared this is, is ridiculous i told you i'm not kidding it's a huge bugaboo for me when people write themselves into the story jared's giving us a two and he's not ashamed jason Wow. Ouch. I almost thought there was going to be a one. I'm like, oh. If, if this keeps up next oh, issue, you, you keep an eye out for that one. But right now I'm Ooh. floating down to two. It's Jared's just, on high alert on this one. I Ooh. tell you, it's starting to annoy me. And I don't like my comics to annoy me. Ooh. Well, I thought it had good opening action, good action overall. Characters felt a little clunky. We talked about the pacing. I agree 110%. I have a personal bugaboo about how Claremont makes every intergalactic starship seem like Star Trek that's like his only influence and that bothers me. I'm getting tired of Wolverine lipping off to Cyclops. Never thought I'd say that. But yeah, I'm it's a bold statement for Jason, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't drive me down to a two, but I will land on a three. I liked it, but needs work. Little pitchy dog. <laughs> she always gets a laugh. <laughs> Oh, that is a very interesting set of numbers we have there. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question. Also want to provide us your ratings. We'd love to hear them. Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter or Facebook page. And we will be right back. Hey, Jared, I have a question. What's up? Well, I've been a part of the Longbox Crusade for about a year and a half now. Yeah. Well, that's not a question, man. I know. I'm getting to it. That was called Build Up. Like I was saying, I've been with the Longbox 
Bus Crusade, and I have gone out and represented the show faithfully. That's still not a question. I'm still building up. I was wondering, could I be a part of the official promo? There's this great promo for the podcast that airs across podcast land, and it has Pat Sampson, the founder of the show, you, the art cell artist, and your brother Jason, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. But it doesn't have me, Delvin Williams, the Dark Web. Could you ask the guys if they would let me be a part of the promotion since you were the one who invited me onto the show? Well, not to be a Mr. Quick to correct, but that was at least two questions. Still, I guess I'll ask. Let me go talk to the guys and you stay here. Okay, great. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? I have a question. Delvin's been with us for like a year and a half. That's not a question. Uh, yeah, I know. It's called Build Up. Hey, can we finally include him on the promo? It's the least we can do. He doesn't know that we're getting paid yet. And he never will. I mean, do we need him? After all, we already have the Longbox Crusade. And I provide awesome synopsis and insight on Crusader Chronicles. And I host Saturday Matinee Theater and also provide these nuts jokes. Hey, I do that. Me too. So we're fine as it is. What does Delvin do? We should just let him go. Wait, he hosts Transformers Chronicles. You should know that, Pat. You're on that show. So what do you say? Can we keep him? <sighs> Fine. Let's do it. Let's do it live. We could have done this with him in the room. It would have made more sense. Why is he outside? I think we were doing a bit. Okay, let's do this. The Longbox Crusade Podcast Network is the place to be if you like deep dives in the comics of yesteryear with the Longbox Crusade. Chronological reading journals with Crusader Chronicles. Indexing forgotten TV shows, films, and serials with Saturday Matinee Theater. Pitting two randomly selected action films against one another in action film face-off cataloging the Marvel run of the Transformers comic with Transformers Chronicles and whatever else the demented minds of Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin can come up with. If that sounds like it might be for you, be sure to subscribe to The Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all reputable podcast feeds. Or check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com where we continue our quest to... Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off the comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that are now entered into our quarterly drawings to win free swag that may include, but is not limited to, comic art, prints, comics, sometimes autographed by creators, trading cards, action figures, appearances on a long box crusade show, lunch boxes, DVDs, CDs, and the list just goes on and on and on. They also enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, which is the yardsaleartist.bigcartel.com and early access to special long box episodes. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Dave Collins, Blasted or Stash It, Gene Hendricks, Ivan the Collector, Ivor Evans, Maxwell Traver, Mr. Lobotomy, Ross Michaud, Ronald Went, and Tim. Timmy! Timmy! Hey, it pays off, people. It pays <laughs> off. It's just him. Put in your money. Put it in. <laughs> you can be right here. <laughs> If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we will get it straightened out. So... You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusader? Hmm. 
Well, it's hey, simple. Hey, I, I did it. Oh, well, if Tim Price did it, that means it's simple. Exactly. So, just head over to Patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us here at Longbox Crusade headquarters? You can't. You're broke. We don't like broke people. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. I'm one of those broke people. Write <laughs> an iTunes review. <laughs> and so now we will go with a social media likes, shares, and retweets from Crusader Chronicles episode 23. We talked about Amazing Spider-Man 167 and X-Men 104. Kicking off the order is Jared. Shout out to Aaron Head Moss. We left our wallet with this guy, Al Sedano. We gotta get it. Get it. Got, 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 got to, get, to it. get it. Between the pages. Bill Bear. Caroline Wells. Chris Lyles. Man, I just get all the good ones today. You get Chris all the winners. Yeah. DTO and Batbooks. Gentlemen, let it roll. It's a show now. Pitchy dog. (laughs) I give that a three. (laughs) He likes it. Clinton Robinson, Cuckoo Kachoo, Coffee and Comics, David Sims, David Styles, and possibly Profiles. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Debaish. 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 I've got Dominic Brazda, Eric Ward, Flavio Alves Arujo, Gary Espinosa, Gene Hendricks, Greenlander HG, Hal Jordan, Ivan Pedroza, Ivan Chudley, James Charles Huntley, JT, Jean Pierre Page. In his stocking, we can find some John D. Cole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Ooh. John R. Smith. John Soto. Jonathan Schaefer-Hames. He knows what he did. Julie Jensen. She knows what she did. (laughs) He does. (laughs) We're rising for Justice's first dawn. He shot first. It's our digital colorist extraordinaire, Ken Solo. Lobo Black Wolf. M. Anthony Gerardo. Mark Honey Holocomb. (laughs) (laughs) You're forgiven, Tim. You're (laughs) forgiven. I approve. Marvel Universe Online. Matt Fuelberth. Michael Ponziano. Michael Scadurlo. Patrick Coyle. Peter Papadoliakos. Easy for you to say. Professor Frenzy, it's a show. Ruth and Darren, Rad Adventures. Reggie Hancock. Richard G. Rich Heineken. Ross Michaud. Ryan Bolton. How are we supposed to live without him? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I was trying to think of a Michael Bolton song. That popped into my head. Jason's line, he had like 16 to 2 strong. He couldn't pick one. (laughs) Ryan Daly. Scott Berry. And let's hear it for the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Sphinx Magoo. The Hammer Strikes. And random geeky stuff. Tim Price. (laughs) 
You mean you mean Plinko? All right, well, let's go ahead and go for our walk today, boys, on Trekker Talk. Unpacking the power of Power Pack. William Bozard. So let's move on to social media comments, and I'll start with uh, old Ben One. Uh, here he's a crazy old man. He had a comment of great episode, guys. But honestly, after the Robbie a minority reporter line, I pretty much laughed for the next twenty three minutes and missed a bunch of it. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the joke, Dave, because I sure as heck did, too. Ross Michaud from Mad Old School Ross writes, Pat, outstanding editing. As always, Pat, I agree. Jared, exceptional scripting. Nice job, Jared. Thank you, thank you. Jason, extremely thoughtful insight. Thank you. Somebody appreciates my, my insight <laughs> around here. <laughs> the filler. And Delvin, good effort. Good effort. You have successfully entertained me once more. Yeah, I hear that little, you know, shade from Canadian Kingpin or Daredevil, whichever one he is. Yeah, and I don't like it. I really don't. I'm going to have to have a word with Ross about that. <laughs> he did give you a fist pound and a thumbs up. <laughs> It's all good. Okay, I'm going to do one from Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack. And they say, well done show, gentlemen. And Jason, FYI, if you want to listen to a good breakdown of the Defenders issue where Magneto is babyfied, check out Tighten Up the Defense, episode 44. It's well worth it. I agree. That's a really good, fun show of Tighten Up the Defense. And they also look at Defenders. Might have to check that out. And we have one from Ryan Daly, who repeats a quote from the previous episode of, Robbie is a minority reporter. (laughs) (laughs) He also put a gif on that, and it was a gentleman from the office chuckling at the joke. We don't usually encourage him, but uh, that was a good one. (laughs) Good Good one, Delvin. Good one, Delvin. Good one, Delvin. Good one. I will bring us home with our last comment from the stack here, and I'm going to go with Ivan Chudley, one of our Crusader Club members out of jolly old England. And he writes, but why was he a baby in the first place? I need answers. Man, Ivan, we all need answers. This book is going breakneck speed, and maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe we won't, but it's going to be a fun Oh, I've got the answer. I read it. I can tell you exactly why. They fought the Defenders. He awakened an ancient being with a lot of power. The ancient being decided that Magneto had grown into this kind of evil, hurt man. And the ancient being thought it would be a good idea for him to have a second chance at life and made him a baby again. And so when he became a grown man, he did the exact same shit he was doing already. <laughs> but now he was pissed because he was like, I was a baby. I was pooping myself. <laughs> Jason, thank you for that very short synopsis. <laughs> oh, you guys. That was great. It was pithy. <laughs> there was a lot happening and it was two minutes. Thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast, even if you listen after Jason's really long synopsis. Speaking about long synopsis, that's going to bring the end to this show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where posts are made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Tim for joining us this episode. But before we go, let's find out where listeners can find us on the internet. Tim, where can people find you? The best place to find me is on Twitter at TimPrice17. You also can find me on Facebook because I'm sure there's not many Tim Prices on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. You could probably find me on Facebook too, but I really don't want you to. So, Jason. (laughs) 
Well, thank you for that warm introduction there. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter and Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. What about you, Jared? I can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Yard Sale Artist. You can also find me at the Show and Tail Gentleman's Club in Panama City Beach. Pat, <laughs> Delvin laughs as he's been what, there. What, what show are you going to be at? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just deciding whether or not I want to be there with you. Hey, it's up to you, man. <laughs> Uh, well, you can find me on the Twitter or Instagram at Christatos01. If you want to hear more from us on our trek through all the James Bond films, check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, they can find On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and most of your reputable pod catchers. Or you can go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or Twitter at OHMSpod. And if you want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some additional free stuff on our live raffles. Join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe for our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to Intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 99. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Delvin. Jared. You can hear me? I can. Now, Jason can't. He's can retarded. Oh, he's not retarded. <laughs> I think he might hear you. <laughs> Jason, can you hear me? I can, I can hear Delvin. I can hear me. All right. Jay, we're probably going to drop I can him. hear you, yes. Uh, let's drop him anyway. Delvin, <laughs> tell him I can hear him. Jared, he can hear you. Tell Jason I cannot hear him. <laughs> J- Jason, he can't hear you. All right. I'm going to hang up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, Jared, I'm so upset with you. I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay. My first impulse was to run up you like <laughs> You're gonna pull a Rambo. Do a Rambo. Rambo. Uh, all right. We bought that, Jeremy. <laughs> and flat back both of you. What's his dial in handle? We can do this a bit in a minute. <laughs> but I ain't going to wait. I want to mess up that 30 dollar <laughs> Link's coat. Right now, I'm wearing like a hush puppy alley cat coat wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like that line just stripped. That whole monologue. No one has ever said that. It's funny. Ever. To, to any chick. <laughs> They're all on different bits right now. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, so <laughs> they help help you out, Tim. Uh, Jared and Jason are both on Blade, and Pat is on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Pat is on the Orange Juice Jones song, "Walking in the Rain." I saw you. <laughs> Now I'm on the song. <laughs> Come on in here. And now Blade's gonna be on the song. Waiting for you. Yeah. Oh man! You know, it's just running up on you, old Rambo. <laughs> listen, listen. First things first. Let me hang up that coat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know the one. I'll you know the I'll one. Eject quotes <laughs> you do the, while you do the rap part. All right. Keep going. I'll eject Blade quotes while you do it. <laughs> Catch you okay. at a bad time. Because <laughs> you're cold busted. Oh, why is some motherfucker trying to ice me up here? That's right. Now sit down oh, here. Damn, mine. Sit down here. <laughs> so upset with you, I don't know what to do. I think it's funny. Just another dead suckhead. <laughs> First impulse was to run up to you and do a rainbow. Forever, and we've dropped more curse words than we have in like the last eight shows combined. I'm sorry, there's a lot I, of curse words. Me. It can't I'm be me, fucking... can it? It's like, no, it can't. What? Wait, no, it can't be me, right? Am I bringing out some aggression already? I haven't said <laughs> that much yet. I mean, once I get started, I would understand. But, you know, come on. I didn't even want you booked as a guest. Wait, is this day? Four adjectives, please. Creamy. Creamy. <laughs> Smooth. Smooth. Opinion. Uh, Pat, how you feel about an adjective tonight? Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of one. Sugary. Sugary. And in honor of Pat, drunken. Brandy. <laughs> I was just going to say, I should have used brandy. <laughs> Smoking. I hate people with yeah. multiple nicknames, first of all. Yeah, so do I. Super, <laughs> super annoying. Your tail artist. <laughs> That probe. That probe. probe. My numbers are up. See what you did? It's getting high. Susie gets on with us. Getting high. Don't get high. No thanks, Tyler. I was I'd like that. Also. I was gonna read a comic. But I, I, got I was gonna do a podcast, but I got we'll get started here. Let's do this live. Let's do it live. All right, here we go. You guys ready? Here we go. I'm gonna do it now. Actually, okay. actually, Pat, I'm not joking. Give me one second. <laughs> I just want to make sure the recorder's running. I just want to make sure the recorder's running. Damn it! It's, running. it's, it's running. It's running. We're good. We're in the red. Okay. We are in the red. What was happening? What's going on? Where are we? What? Tim. Tim, I'll introduce you, and then mm-hmm. you know the show. I, I've I've heard it once or twice, so yeah, I think I, think I got it. Hey, that that'll work. I still haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> Where there's talking, and there's like these nuts, and mm-hmm. you know Mary Jane, you hot grow dog, up, Tim. It's all you know. <laughs> Damn, that doesn't. I don't. Why would I want to listen to that? I, I was like spot on, dude. Spot on. <laughs> Spotted. <laughs> oh, yeah, spotted on. Not much happened in this issue of Spidey, so it wasn't much for old Dark Web to riff on here. So I'm going to oh, And I'm wrong in putting uh, three on the cover. What? Well, well, we I haven't rated the story yet. Okay, okay. Let, him, let him do his bit, Pat. Hey, let him do his thing, man. I've been waiting for this all night. It's my turn, Pat. Me. 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 Okay. Everyone actually got quiet. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> No, that was scarier than. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, Delvin. I'm with you. I'm with you, Delvin. Go. Okay. All right. Go. All right. Start over. One more. One more time. All right. 
The main plot of the story is revealed when Jonah tries to chortle Peter. Ah, tries to chortle Peter. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> Let's try that again. Don't chortle plot. your Peter. Don't chortle your Peter. You have to go to the doctor. <laughs> if you well, do that for more than four hours. Chortle it if I want. Yeah. <laughs> the first week for me, man. Wait, wait. I, I, but I have, I have a question. Then I, are, are we saying that we're not going to see Jared make a cameo in Hamilton: A Werewolf's Tale Two? Well, El- I don't like it when electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, electric electric woofaloo. That was that was a one. <laughs> it was a one shot story, sir. There's no sequel to that. Man, it just came to me. <laughs> I was like rock hard from. That's funny. <laughs> Dude, Jared, good one. Good one. <laughs> you probably did too. I probably did too. In your head, do that, Jared. Good one. Good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will they laugh? Will they not laugh? I don't care. This one's Jared. Yeah. The, the, the... <laughs> Read them all, baby. <laughs>